everyone. Welcome to episode number 41 of Quilt Cabana Corner. I'm Sandy Caldwell, and I hope that you're all doing well. I'd like to welcome you to the frozen tundra that is Massachusetts right now. <laughs> if you follow along on Twitter and you've seen my pictures, you can see we're um, a little bit covered in snow here. And we have more snow coming in a three-day storm, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. I think that each day we will get some snow. It's not all going to get dumped at once, so it'll be a couple inches on Sunday, I think like two inches maybe, and then four to six between Monday and Tuesday or something like this. No. How did that go? I think it was two, like two inches Saturday night, four to six on Sunday, four to six on Monday, <clears throat> and then tapering off on Tuesday. So I have a feeling we'll be looking at another snow day or two. We're at four currently. Five are built into the kids' school schedule, so I think the kids are starting to get a little nervous right now that they're going to be in school for a long time making this up. So we'll see what happens. Um, they had Monday and Tuesday off this week. They had time off for the blizzard the week before. And of course, February vacation's right around the corner, so I guess this will be no school February is what that's adding up to. But that's all right takes a little toll on my quilting time, but that's okay. I enjoy having the girls home, and uh, especially where Amanda's a new driver. I'm glad that she's not out on the road on these snowy days, and we can all just sort of stay put. Read our books, do what we want, um, quilt some, read some, crochet some. It's all good. Snow dye some, all of that. Anyways, today I have a few things on the list to talk about. It'll be a pretty packed episode. Uh, we'll start with some news and updates and thank yous for comments that have been left. And I have some book reviews, just not really reviews, I guess just telling you what I'm reading this month. We'll talk about the potholder slash mug rug swap. And I'll fill you in on the snow dye challenge that I'm having with Sandy from Quilting for the rest of us. I know in her latest podcast, she threw the gauntlet down and went public, so I guess I will too. And uh, I don't know. We'll see what else this episode brings. So go grab your coffee, your tea, your hot cocoa, your water, whatever you're drinking today. Settle in and we'll get going. So I guess let's just start with some things that I'm working on or have just finished up. And I'll start with 100 blocks. Um, as you might know, I've been in a few issues of the 100 blocks magazine from Quiltmaker. And I enjoy it very much. Um, it's a great chance for me to be able to join in on their blog tour and to be a part of that publication. And it's it's fun to do. However, I feel like their deadlines are always one right after the other. And I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So there's a deadline coming up. Uh, everything had to be in by March 1st or February 26th if you were sending along a quilt. Typically what happens is you make your block and you fill out all your paperwork and you send it in. And what they ask you to do is while you're making your block, could you think of a quilt that you could also make to go along with it, um, either by changing the colorway or resizing the block or just doing you know, something to show the versatility of the block. So I've only, and that's not required, you don't have to do it. It's only if you wish to send something in, um, a picture of it goes in the magazine along with your block in their little gallery section and I think they hang the quilts in their office for a certain amount of time so I've only ever really thought ahead to do an accompanying quilt for them once 
and that was with the birdhouse block and it was really a great chance to take that block and kind of gussy it up and change the colors around and and it was fun my problem always seems to be that it's a deadline <laughs> uh so in my late with my latest block that's coming out in their next issue which i think is volume 11 i decided to do a companion quilt for it so i've spent the last oh probably two weeks working on the companion quilt that will go with that and then also the submission that's due for the next issue which would be volume 12. so i completed that and shipped it all this week and it feels good to have that off my desk and off my mind for a little bit and um, I'm looking forward to when the next issue comes out. So that's 100 blocks. And let's see, I was due to teach a workshop on the mini quilts at my guild's winter free workshop series, which is held once a year. And it's where members of our guild sign up to teach fellow guild members how to do something. So it's a nice day. It's a workshop in the morning and a workshop in the afternoon and a nice homemade lunch in between. And if you don't sign up for a workshop, but you still want to just go for the social aspect of it, you can go work on comfort bears for the police stations or um, comfort quilts. So there's always something to do there and it's fun. And our guild is quite large, as I've mentioned before. So it's a nice way to sort of focus in on a few people at a time and build relationships with them. So I had volunteered to teach on January 24th, <clears throat> excuse me, um, two of the mini quilts from my third seasonal trio pattern. We were going to make the sailboat one and the fall one. So as you might have guessed, we got snowed out. <laughs> it was just too much snow for people to travel. Um, it would have been well over an hour for me to get there. Um, and the snow was supposed to be coming down really hard in the afternoon when people would be trying to get home and plus the loading in and out of equipment and stuff like that. So irons and ironing boards and, and what have you. So it was postponed until February 21st. So in my dining room still sits all my workshop stuff. Once in a while I go down, I have to pluck something out of it to, to use. Um, so I was like half relieved because I didn't want to have to drive all that way in the snow, but half sad because there everything sat all packed, ready to go. I practiced and rehearsed my workshop and I was ready to present it. So I'll have to practice and rehearse again next week. Um, and if by chance we get snowed out again, uh, it will be canceled for this year, which is too bad. I kind of wish that they would maybe organize this for April. It's always January and it's always subject to mother nature. So. Oh, well, what are you going to do? But I was prepared for that, and I'm still prepared for it. Hopefully, um, I'll get to do it, because I think it's a fun workshop, and everybody would get to go home with two of the mini quilts nearly completed. I think the binding um, and any free motion quilting they wanted to do on them could be done at home. But they would have the basics of how to construct the mini quilts and how to do fusible applique. Go home with two nice projects nearly finished, and also go home with the pattern to make the third one, which is the Halloween one. So hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll get to do that. Uh, I also, this week, ordered fabric. Oh, I ordered the charm packs from the Kiss Kiss Moda collection. So cute. They're Valentine's kind of themed, and uh, they have Eiffel Towers on them, and where Amanda is going to Paris, hopefully, if there's no more terrorist activity over there. Um, 
she'll be going to Paris in April and that is also coming up on her birthday week and I thought it would be fun if I could put together some type of a quilt for her using these two charm packs. My fallback quilt with charm packs tends to be the uh, disappearing nine patch window pane one. <clears throat> I use it for my baby playmats that I have for sale on Etsy and excuse me while I have a sip of water. <clears throat> I might do something uh, along that line because it's a really cute, easy pattern and I enjoy making it. So, And also, just speaking of Missouri Star Quilt Company, today is February 6th and if you've received their email newsletter today, uh, Jenny is demonstrating a video tutorial with the most gorgeous blue and white orange peel quilt. And of course with Jenny it's done with pre-cuts, I think it's eight charm packs. Um, in simple instructions she does have a template that looks like a football to make the orange peel and uh, you can purchase that but I'm sure you could probably just um, make one yourself out of cardboard and, and cut it if you didn't want to have to spend money on the plastic rotary one so check it out Missouri Star Quilt Company and it's the orange peel quilt it's gorgeous okay so I am also working on a, a stuffed fish that sounds kind of funny right but for Christmas I received Abby Glassenberg's um, softies book it's called stuffed animals from concept to creation and I was interested in just learning how to construct some of those softies and see how her instructions are and whatnot so the first easiest project in there is a fish and I think I have it half made and I'm finding out that um, small pieces are very difficult to sew and I'm I'm wishing maybe the instructions gave a little bit more I don't know I need some more time with that book and with the fish and maybe choosing another one but I did get that book and some softy child safety eyes that Abby uses in her work and I was just gonna try to make a doll or something I was thinking it might be nice to offer a little doll or stuffed animal along with the baby playmats so working on that still working on the Lindsay art project um, which was using Susan Carlson's method of gluing little tiny pieces of fabric onto your pattern to make a beautiful art quilt I have a nice photo of Lindsay from when she was younger down in Disney and everything is still on my design wall I'm almost done piecing uh, gluing the little pieces of fabric down it comes out looking like a almost like an impressionist painting it's really it's gonna be great when it's done I just haven't had um, the time or inclination to go in there and just start gluing again it's a lot of gluing so once I get that all glued down I will then layer baste and go ahead and start with the, the stitching of everything down so that's still on my radar I'm still working on the comic show um, items, the Hello Kitty bags, and the Transformer items. There's a huge show in Toronto happening in July, so I know that the people that I'm working with are looking to have some items um, down there to sell for that. So I'm going to have to actually get cracking on that soon, which is going to involve ordering some zippers and stuff for the makeup bags. Uh, I haven't touched that in a while. I did get some uh, requests from them about doing some custom 
bags can you make this but in a smaller size can you make this and put a zipper in it and it just started to become a little bit too much and I said you know what I'm just gonna make the items that I make and send them to you and if they sell as is they sell as is that's fine but I can't I can't really be doing all that custom you know nitpicky stuff <laughs> I hate to call it that but that's about what it amounts to especially when you have other projects you need and want to be doing that was supposed to be just sort of a little side fun thing and and it is and it will be I just need to sort of get back to that um, also I have been working on some snow dyes and as I mentioned at the start of the episode Sandy from quilting for the rest of us also is a person who enjoys snow dyeing uh, I think she's a little way more into it than I am. She's got more tools and supplies and everything, but it's that's that's fine. That's good. I like to just pull mine out every once in a while when we get that beautiful fresh snow and, and go for it. So I did do, I don't know, maybe four or five, maybe four during the blizzard. I can't quite remember, but they came out really pretty. They're on the blog. Pictures are on the blog. And Sandy at the same time was doing some of her dyeing, and we thought, hey, you know what? We should do something with these. We're we're always just sort of petting them and photographing them and hey look we did snow dye how, well how about actually cutting them and using them so I'm gonna pull out what I have she's pulling out what she has and we're each going to make a project uh, I don't think it's gonna be a huge project at least not on my end anyway probably more like a table runner or something and try to use up some of the snow dyes because then we can make more which is always fun and actually, I just placed an order. I get my stuff from Dharma Trading Company. And um, I was out of the textile detergent. I was out of the soda ash. And I decided to uh, purchase four more dye colors to play around with. So I ordered marigold, which um, I was trying to look for something like Sandy's Antique Gold. But I feel like those aren't Dharma dyes. I think those are from Pro Chemical, maybe. Uh, so I chose the marigold, which I thought was fairly close to it. Raspberry, which Lindsay actually chose. She thought that was pretty and it is very pretty. And I was sort of between raspberry and amethyst and they kind of both look the same. So I want the raspberry. Bahama blue, which is a very, very light, beautiful blue. And then kingfisher blue, which was more of a blue green, almost, um, almost like a jade. It's really, really pretty. So we have until March 15th to come up with our, come up with and finish our project. So you'll have to wish me luck on that one. I am also starting a, uh, a new, designing a new pattern. It's a mini quilt pattern again. It will be the same size as the seasonal trios. And this one will be featuring Hanukkah themed mini quilts. And I'm hoping I'm hoping, hoping, hoping to get them done and the pattern done and all set to maybe go to spring market with Nancy Dill from Quilt Woman. Uh, I feel like she's going to be sending out her deadline soon and I don't know if I'm going to be able to make that. But it's always good to have your patterns go to spring market if they're winter patterns and your spring patterns go to fall quilt market. So you're kind of six months ahead. I don't know if it'll happen, but I'm really excited to make it. To make these, I went on, um, I went on a website called One Eight Hundred Dreidel, and they had such beautiful Judaic fabrics and crafts and cross stitches, beautiful, beautiful stuff. Um, I spent quite a bit of time on that website yesterday. Chose, I ended up just buying two different fabrics. 
Um, the mini quilts are small, so they don't really require a lot of fabrics. And I also think that I can, um, I have some fabrics in my stash or whatnot, some pretty purples and blues and aquas to use. So that's that's also what I'm working on. And I received for Christmas the Farmer's Wife book with all the patterns. I do not know when I will ever start that, but it was fascinating to read through and see what the Farmer's Wife quilt was all about. And it was a, um, I can't remember if I talked about this or not. I might have talked on the blog, so I won't, I won't talk much, but it was a magazine contest. They wanted um, women to write in and say how they felt about their daughters becoming farmer's wives. And then they have blocks that go along with those letters. So uh, it's along the lines of a Dear Jane type quilt. Uh, very time consuming. So this might be for years down the road, but I'm happy to have the book and the CD with the patterns. And I know a few of you are working on um, that same quilt. So I'll be looking forward to seeing your progress. And, oh, let's see. I took a craftsy class very recently. I did the Jackie Garing walking, quilting, quilting with your walking foot. And I completed it last week and that was a fabulous class. Learned a lot. I put some of it into practice and use. I need to go back and do some more. But it was a really interesting way of quilting your quilts using painter's tape to set up registration lines and using the lines and learning what the lines on your walking foot actually mean. So um, it's pretty comprehensive. Jackie's very funny and very sweet. Um, and you enjoy spending time with her watching her video just because of her really awesome personality. I think I got that one for, I don't know, $19 or something. And it was really money well spent. I'm super glad that I took that class. And hopefully I'll be doing some more. She shows you how to do concentric circles and spirals and things. And, uh, you know, of course with the walking foot, it makes things a lot easier. A lot easier to do. I noticed Leah Day's kind of on the walking foot craze this week too she's putting together some videos about quilting with your walking foot so i don't know might be the new trend we'll have to see all right and charity quilts that i'm working on or donation quilts i should say uh angel baby buntings i still have lots of uh fleece not fleece flannel and i need to make another batch of those i need to catch up with the comfort bears for the police station they probably actually won't need any more for a couple months. So it might be something that maybe I'd get Lindsay and Leah to help me with over April vacation. And also, uh, I'm very interested in making something called a final salute quilt. I don't know if you've heard of that. That is something where you make a quilt of a particular size in patriotic colors. And it is given to uh, a hospice for veterans. And when the veteran enters hospice, they're given the, they're given the quilt to use. And then when they pass away, um, as they leave the hospice unit, they are covered with this quilt and they are given a final salute down the hallways of the hospital. So it's such a worthy thing to do. Um, and I really, really would like to make one this year. I want to say maybe it's 100 by 100 inches by 50. I forget exactly. Um, there was something on Facebook about it, and if you Google Final Salute Quilt, you can find out where to send them and what the requirements are. So, I think that's pretty much what I've been working on quilt-wise. 
And I've also been working on Lindsay's afghan, which is being crocheted. And that uh, got quite a bit of work done on it during the Super Bowl and the AFC Football Championship and the game before. And the reason why is because in years past, anytime we've been watching the Patriots and their road and quest for the Super Bowl, I always have some type of hand project going, you know, quilt, um, not quilting, but usually like crochet or something happening. And it seems like when I pull out those hand projects, the Patriots, if they're having a bad game, seem to have a bit of a turnaround. So it's kind of become this thing where uh, if I'm watching the football game with people, it's like in, it's like I have to pull out the handwork or they're going to lose. So <laughs> it started this year, it started a couple of weeks before the Super Bowl. It was the game before the AFC Championship and we were at my girlfriend's house um, watching it with her family and her 17-year-old son and his friend were there watching it also. <clears throat> and I had brought along my little hand-embroidered mitten projects, the red work projects that I was working on. And so when the Patriots started to bomb the game a little bit, I was like, wait, I know what will fix this. I'm going to pull out my project and I'm going to work on it and watch this. They're going to turn around and win. So I pulled it out and worked on it. And didn't they turn around that game and win? They did. So my friend's son, his name is Vincent, he, he determined that what I was doing in his mind was knitting. I don't know how, how you go from hand embroidery to knitting, but in his mind, that's what it was. So, of course, my friend Jill and I were killing ourselves laughing because of all the crafts that I do, I don't knit. I don't even know how to knit. I tried learning it once or twice, but it's not something I can get for some reason. So... He and his friend, anytime the game would start to look like things weren't going to go well, they would say, keep knitting, Sandy, keep knitting. And they just kept it up and kept it up throughout the game, and it was really funny. So then the following week was the AFC Championship, and I received a video from Vincent and his friend Bobby, uh, and it was a video text message to me, and it was a plea for me to please, please pull out the knitting while I'm watching the game because we need you. So I did indeed pull out my knitting, which was really my crocheting uh, at this point, and I got a whole lot of work done on it. And don't you know those Patriots won that game too? So then came time for Super Bowl, and again, the message is, pull out the knitting, please, please, Sandy, start knitting. So um, we all know what happened. We have some champions on our hands. So anyways, uh, it's also a great way for me to get something done while I'm staring at the football game. Although I will say, uh, when it came time for the Super Bowl, that was sort of an on the edge of your seat type game, and it was hard to crochet and watch at the same time, and I don't normally really watch and pay attention to the game. I more stare at the game, but pay more attention to my project. Uh, but I did. I, I knitted my arms off that night. So anyways, now it was that. Okay, let's turn our attention to the potholder and mug rug swap. At the end of last year, we talked about having a mug rug swap or a potholder swap um, amongst the twilters and anyone else who would like to join in. 
So I said that I would organize that after Christmas, and here it is. We are after Christmas. So um, I think the way that we left off was that some people were interested in the mug rug, and some people were interested in um, a set of potholders, so like two potholders, in a color scheme of their choice so it would match their kitchen. And I think we were fairly evenly split between uh, who wanted to do what. So I think that we can probably do both. I can match up people who wish to do the potholders and then match up other people who would like to do a mug rug. So I will post, I will post about this on my blog, but let's just say if you are interested in participating in this, please let me know by the end of February. So by the end of February, you're going to get in touch with me either through the blog or Twitter or email sosandy8 at yahoo.com or callwellsg at comcast.net or the contact form on the website, however you want to do it. Just get in touch with me and let me know which swap you would like to be part of. And if you would like to be part of the potholder swap, please let me know some colors of fabrics you would like used. You know, maybe one or two fabrics, not ten. So, and uh, the potholders, I mean, it can be any, any potholder or mug rug pattern that you can find out there. I'll see if I can find some tutorials. And I think that could be a really fun swap. And then when we're sitting there having our coffee or we're cooking something, uh, we can think of our fellow quilty friends who we swapped with. So end of February, let me know. And then let's say that the projects will be due to each other by the end of April. So that would give us two full months to get those projects together. Okay, so let me know. All right, let's move on to what I'm reading this month. I've read a lot of stuff in the last couple of months because I haven't podcasted in a while. Sorry about that. Um, I was hoping to get one in before Christmas and I don't think I did. And then January kind of got away from me and here we are in February. So I'm just going to tell you what I've read very recently because it's all I can really remember. And for our book club, we are reading this month Still Alice and that's by Lisa Jenna what's her name Lisa Genovese um anyways I think it's Lisa Genovese I'm gonna look it up right here on online Lisa Genova ah, I knew it was something like that Lisa Genova and this is an amazing novel about a Harvard professor, a woman who's a Harvard professor, and her husband, I believe, is, is a scientist. He's like a cancer scientist. And she is 51 years old. This has been made into a movie, by the way. Julianne Moore stars as Alice. So, actually, I'm going to read you the description here. It's on Amazon. Um, an accomplished professor diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease learns that her worth is comprised of more than her ability to remember. Alice Howland is proud of the life she worked so hard to build. At 50 years old, she's a cognitive psychology professor at Harvard and a world-renowned expert in linguistics with a successful husband and three grown children. When she becomes increasingly disoriented and forgetful, a tragic diagnosis changes her life and her relationship with her family and the world forever. This is an 
unbelievable book. It's also an unbelievably sad book. She's 51 years old. She's in the prime of her life, really, with her her work and her accomplishments and really just has everything going for her and, you know, the whole family, the kids are growing and doing well. And then she just starts to sort of forget stuff. And it becomes more frequent, more frequent, and she thinks maybe she's just hitting menopause. And so she goes to the doctors and, you know, they give her some tests. And she's someone who she's so in charge of her life and so on top of everything. She really wants to know what is wrong with me. Why am I, you know, forgetting this or that? It all seemed kind of innocuous. But then then she realizes, hey, you know what? This might be a little bit more than I'm thinking. And it chronicles her story from the very early onset uh, until she's she's in the throes of it. It's a hard book to read. It really, really is. And in fact, when we were choosing the book at Book Club, I actually I didn't want to read it. And I kept saying, I don't want to read that. I don't want to read that. Because I knew that I would show up in the next book club meeting and be like, I think I have early onset Alzheimer's. I can be impressionable like that when I read a book. And then I'm like, oh my God, I forgot that too. Or I would forget that or, or whatever. So the whole time I'm reading the book, I'm texting my friend across the street. I'm like, I hate this book. I hate this book. And she's like, stop self-diagnosing over there. But she hasn't read it yet. And I know that when she does, she's going to feel the same way. We're probably all going to get to book club a couple Wednesdays from now and be like, I think I have early onset Alzheimer's. I'm fact and sure that none of us do, but uh, it's a very moving book and kind of a surprising book, her family's reaction. So definitely, definitely a really good read. Um, I also just finished reading Fangirl, and that's Rainbow Rowell's book. It's a young adult book, and Lindsay put that in my hands and said, Can, you need to read this. I think you'll like it if you liked Eleanor and Park. Eleanor and Park was her novel, I think, previous to this, and it was excellent. I know Tanisha's talked about her <clears throat> before, and she's read these books as well. Um, Eleanor Park was just really a fantastically written book. Uh, I highly recommend that. Fangirl, I didn't like as much. And, uh, I don't know, maybe it had to do with the content. It was sort of about uh, fan fiction, if you're familiar with that. is something where fans of books like Harry Potter and Outlander and, <clears throat> excuse me, all these different books, they go on and they some of them write their own endings to the stories and, and that is what was happening in this book with a girl and her twin sister who had gone off to college and was about her life but the fact that she really enjoyed writing these fan fiction things and she had acquired quite a base of fans of her own so she was trying to beat the clock in finishing her own version of this book series Simon Snow is the main character and uh, the real author of the book was set to release the last and final book and she's trying to do her studies and she's worried about her father at home who's a single parent to them and she doesn't really have her, um, hasn't found her peeps at college yet. She hasn't found her, her core group of people. And she kind of gets stuck with a, a roommate who you think, oh, God, this is just a terrible, crappy roommate. Um, but turns out to be a good friend to her in the end. And her twin sister who, um, you know, doesn't want to room with her at college because she feels like this is finally her time to separate from her sister and for them not to be known as a, a you know, a two-pack anymore. They, they need to go off and live their own lives. And she unfortunately gets involved with drinking and joining a sorority and things go kind of downhill for her. 
it's an interesting read. Uh, I think it was good if you are a young adult, but as an adult, I didn't really enjoy it as much. But I did order Rainbow Rowell's uh, book that's meant for adults that just came out recently called Landline. So um, I have that to read, but I have not begun it yet. And the book that I'm reading right now on my Kindle is Jillian Flynn's Dark Places, and she is the author of Gone Girl, which was a phenomenal book and an even more phenomenal movie. So I'm, oh, maybe 30% in to that book, and it's um, very interesting. It's actually on sale on Kindle for $2.90 right now, which is why I picked it up, because I thought, oh, that's such a great, great price. So did get that, and I'll read you a little description of that and see if it's still on sale. Um, hold on one minute. It actually came out in 2010, so it's not a new book. But if you haven't read it, it is pretty interesting. Kind of weird. It's kind of weird and in a gruesome way weird, but it's interesting, and I really love Gone Girl, so I thought, oh, hey, I'll give this a try. Um, and I am finding it fascinating. It's $2.99 on Kindle right now. Okay, so here's the description. Libby Day was seven when her mother and two sisters were murdered in the Satan sacrifice of Kinnakee, Kansas. She survived and famously testified that her 15-year-old brother Ben was the killer. 25 years later, the Kill Club, a secret society obsessed with notorious crimes, locates Libby and pumps her for details. They hope to discover proof that may free Ben. Libby hopes to turn a profit off her tragic story. She'll reconnect with the players from that night and report her findings to the club for a fee. As Libby's search takes her from shabby Missouri strip clubs to abandoned Oklahoma tourist towns, the unimaginable truth emerges, and Libby finds herself right back where she started, on the run from a killer. So, it's interesting, for sure. Uh, might not be for everyone, but it is, it is pretty good. So, that kind of concludes what I'm reading at the moment. And I'm also still in the middle of one of those Arlene Fowler... Um, I think it's the third one in her um, Fool's Puzzle. I can't remember the name of it, but it's Arlene Fowler, and she she writes some good stuff, but they're very fluffy, light reads. Um, so I kind of like to, to mix those in with other um, little more deeper books. <laughs> so I'll work that one back in. I think I have the third one half started. All right, so I think we have talked about almost everything on my list I want to, except I do have a couple of things uh, that I picked out in magazines to share with you. And I also just wanted to say quickly some thank yous to people who have been commenting on my blog all along and always do. And I appreciate it so much. And I love to hear from you so, so much. Um, can't, it really does. You write the blog and then you pop up and you have a comment and you know you feel like you reached someone and it's a nice thing to hear from people so I wanted to thank um, Sandy from Quilting for the Rest of Us, Linda Hicks from my Quilt Guild, Gretchen, Tanisha, Kati, Diane, Robin Lawrence, and Jackie, Jay, and Colleen. And let's see, I'll go to the next page and see. I've got a lot of spam mixed in there, too. Um, 
Don't want to thank the spam people, that's for sure. Okay, and then it looks like we're repeating some. So thank you to all of you for taking the time to comment on the blog. I do appreciate it. And I um, have been trying really hard to make sure that I'm replying to you through email um, to answer your questions or continue our conversation. So um, thank you for that. All right, I'm going to stop for a minute. I'm going to have a sip of water, clear my throat, and then let's just talk about the magazines, and then we'll wrap this episode up. So I have the January issue of American Quilter magazine sitting here. This is not a magazine that I normally subscribe to. In fact, I received this magazine because the Quilt Show magazine went out of print, and as a way to fulfill people's remaining subscription time, they decided to send everyone American Quilter. So I found it to be an interesting magazine. I don't think it's my favorite magazine, but it does have a lot of nice stuff in it. And I just picked out a couple things to share with you in here. And one comes from their magazine section called Quilt Scene. Check out what's new and cool in quilting today. And they have something here called Fickle Sticks. And it says fickle sticks are a fun new way to transform your scraps or favorite fabrics into fashion accessories. Simply sew a few fabric tubes, insert wire into them, and then twist to form whatever your imagination can dream. Shown here is a pin, bracelet, and starter kit with everything you need to begin designing. Why are they called fickle sticks? Because you can always change your mind, unroll, and begin again. You can find out more information about fickle sticks from stickleballstudio.com and it looks like it's the starter kit looks like it comes with the the set of the turning tubes from Joann's called turn it all they're like the wooden the wooden things with the plastic that you put over them and you can turn things and um, it also comes with the wire that you stick up in between it and they've got like a little pin that looks like a flower really cute Something maybe that would be fun to do over vacation with a bunch of kids. Okay, another thing that I saw in here, which was in their, I don't know, I guess it's their Empower article that they share in their magazine. It's called My Line with Lori Kennedy, and she shows how to make a square flower with free motion quilting. And this would be like perfect if you had, oh, it would be perfect in a border, and it would be perfect if you had uh, a big enough spot in your quilt that you could put several in a row together. She's got a row of square flowers, makes a perfect border. So the petals are actually sort of square shaped, and she has some step-by-step -step instructions. This is on page 82 if you have the magazine. And the flowers almost look slightly Hawaiian-ish. Very pretty. Might have to practice that. And I thought I had one more thing dog-eared here. Just double-check that I got it all. Oh, there was a wonderful article on um, Pat Hawley and her sister. It's called the Hawley Sisters. Sue Nichols is her sister. And each one talks about their process and how they uh, design and make their quilts together. And about, about them growing up, the article is called The Hawley Girls, Sisters in Quilting. Some really cute pictures and some nice, nice, nice pictures of their quilts. So, let's see, that was, I think that was it for this magazine. Just go through. Yep, okay, I think that was it for that one. And then I also have here 
McCall's Quilting January-February issue. They have a really pretty quilt on the cover. And I think there was only a few things in here. One is Amy Gibson has put together an article um, called Handmade Home One Min blah, 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 blah. Handmade Home One Mini at a Time. She's got mini quilt projects and several of them. A cute bag, a couple of cute pillows, really cute drawstring bag with a piece paper pieced fox on it, and um, some other smaller projects, journal covers and stuff. Those look colorful and fun. And also in their fresh picks section, they had some pretty quilt jewelry. It says, share your love of quilting. Choose a jewelry base. We chose a necklace and a keychain. Then choose a collection of quilt dots. Quilt dots are decorative interchangeable magnets with quilt motifs and have a magnet at the back that when applied to your necklace or keychain of choice becomes a pretty statement piece. So it just looks like some really pretty jewelry. They're, they're circular. So it's like a little quilt motif in a circle, circular pattern. And you just mag use the magnet on the back of it to attach it to a little pendant or a keychain. That's cute. And you can find those at zappydots.com. And then also, there are some really lovely little embroidered pin cushions. And it's like a little mini wall hanging. And they're done with embroidery stitches. And they're very sweet and pretty looking. And what else did I see in here? Oh, that might have been it for this one. Okay, last magazine I have to look through uh, was the January-February Love of Quilting. And this one had a quilt by Jean Nolte, and it's called Twisted Triangles. And what it looks like are beach balls on the quilt, but in a hexagon shape, if you can picture that. So it's like curved piecing triangles that come together, sort of look like a beach ball, but they're in a hexagon shape. And it is super cute. It's a quilt that's 56 inches by 84. It says, practice your curved piecing skills and make hexagons that spin. So spinning hexagons, I guess. Combine dots and prints for contrast and definition. And it is really, really cute. Okay, and then there was one other thing. I can't find it, but it was an advertisement for a new long arm machine called the Block Rocket. And it is supposed to be very affordable, about $3,000. And I've got to find it. I'm going to I'm going to stop for a minute while I find it cuz it was pretty interesting. Hold on. Okay, I found it. So, it is a long arm machine. It says everything you ever dreamed of at a price that makes it real, underlined and capitalized. The new Block Rocket Quilt Pro 14 Plus. So it looks like a regular long arm machine. It doesn't look like it's particular. It doesn't look like it's like the Tiara or um, the Sweet 16. It looks like a regular. Well, maybe it does. I don't know. It's a mid arm. It's a mid arm machine. The Block Rocket is the new affordable mid arm quilter loaded with professional features normally reserved for more expensive quilting machines. Original price $4,999 and that is slashed out 
and it says complete bundles starting at 2999 with a quilting frame included. Again, that is the Block Rocket, and it says you can look at it at blockrocket.com. So I, I'm on their website now. It is a machine that runs on a frame. It says, we set out to design the perfect quilting machine for quilters wanting all the high-end long-arm features at a truly affordable price. We considered all the features that define a professional quilting machine. Stitch regulation, increased stitch speed, extended throat space, advanced control settings, and much more. We left nothing out, and the resulting design provides you with a top-of-the-line quilting machine. Don't let overinflated prices stop your quilting dream. Starting at 3299 so they've gone up a few couple hundred since their advertisement in this magazine. The Block Rocket is the best way to take your quilting to the next level. And like I said, it does. It runs on a frame. It looks like a regular long arm. And it looks like it has like a 14-inch throat space. I don't know. It looks pretty cool. It has a little computerized thing on it. And this is put out by some, something called Kathy Quilts. So you can check them out. It's um, www.kathyquilts.com or www.blockrocket.com. So it seems to me that um, the prices of these machines are really coming down. Oh, sorry, I dropped a piece of paper. Um, and, and starting to be more affordable with one trying to outdo the next. So I'm just interested if anybody's actually used this machine or has purchased it and what you think of it. It looks like a nice quality machine. Um, so I don't know. Let me know. Could be something you're interested in. And I'm, I guess I'm not really sure how, where it says the complete bundles are starting at 3000 or whatever. I'm not sure all that it includes. Uh, it does say it weighs 54 pounds. Front handles, electronic display, encoders, power cable. Three MCAS bobbins, 10 sewing needles, sewing machine oil, Allen wrenches, screwdrivers, and lint brush. And then it must come with some type of, it does come with some type of a frame. It says, again, it has built-in stitch regulation. It's been precisely encoded for a beautiful, consistent stitch. The Block Rocket also has four different stitch modes to give you maximum control over your stitching. And then a little further down... The Block Rocket uses high-resolution encoders to track your quilting movement. It knows when you speed up and slow down and adjusts the stitch speed accordingly for consistent stitch length. The stitch regulation can utilize the Block Rocket's full range of stitch speeds up to the top speed of 1800 stitches per minute. Using some of the quilting machine's stitch modes, you can have the control to set the stitch length or stitches per inch. And again, it says it has four different stitch modes. For a limited time, you can customize your perfect block rocket combo, including a quilting frame for a discounted price. So, all right, so check that out because that could be a nice affordable solution for people who are looking to invest in a mid-arm machine that seems to have all the bells and whistles of a long-arm machine. All right, so I think that about wraps it up for today. I think we've gone on long enough. And again, let me know by the end of February if you would like to participate in the mug rug swap slash potholder swap. And you can let me know, send me your address, send me your color preferences for the potholders, and I will look forward to hearing from you. 
you can find me at www.quiltcabanapatterns.com. You can find my blog. You can link to it from there. You can also link to the online store from there. You can find my blog at www.quiltcabanapatterns.com forward slash blog. My email is sewsandi8 at yahoo.com. You can also find me at c-o-l-w-e-l-l-s-g at comcast.net. You can find me on Twitter as Quilt Cabana. You can find me on Pinterest as Quilt Cabana. And you can come over and like my Facebook page at Quilt Cabana Patterns. You can also just find me on Facebook as Sandy Holmes Cowell. And uh, I think that's about all the places you can find me. And you can also fill out a contact form on the website. You can also sign up for my newsletter. And one just went out recently. So um, go on over to the website and do that. All right, you guys, have a wonderful couple of weeks, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye now.